Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we are chatting with my new friend, Jay Helms. He's a real estate investor and has just an amazing story of how he lost his job and now is he just decided I'm not going back to the W-2 lifestyle at all. Now he and his wife, who met on a reality TV show in 2008, uh, they now they travel all over the country, live the nomad lifestyle, they homeschool their kids, and they do real estate investing and teach people how to do the exact same thing. He's got a book um, called Make an Offer, and you can get it for free at makeanofferbook.com. It's makeanofferbook.com. And also check out his uh, program called W2 Capitalist. They have a community and a mastermind group if you want to go to the next level in your investing. But I took a lot of notes with this one. Jay um, said something really good that stood out is that you don't know how creative uh, you can get um, when, when, until you lose your job. You just, when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you just have to make things happen. And when you're in a situation like that, with your, with your back against the wall, uh, Jay and his wife, they just made it happen. And now they've got an incredible business where they are active and passive investing, but now have grown an amazing community of people that look to them as the experts in their field to train them on how to get to that next level in their investing. So check them out. Really lo love this interview. Here is my interview with Jay. Jay, welcome to Streams of Income. So good to have you. Ryan, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we um, met, well, we didn't, I don't know if we met through a mutual friend, but your one of your assistants reached out to me and I found out that um, uh, you and I know Mark Willis. Mark's been a, yeah. on this podcast many, many times. He's uh, He was just on <laughs> two weeks ago, in fact. So Okay. Um, I'd love if we can weave that, I'd be curious to know how you met Mark too. So I don't know if that fits into your story at all, but, um, I want to hear about yeah. you yeah. and what you're doing and what you're, I, I love, um, what I know about you so far. And so just tell us, tell us who you are and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So probably the most important, there's, there's one, there's two topics, right? There's the most important thing to know. And then there's the most interesting thing to know. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, when, when you, you say the most interesting it kind of perks people's ears up. But the most sure. interesting thing about me is um, I met my wife when we were contestants on a reality TV show. Oh my God. Now this was not, this was, this was, we've been, we just celebrated our 10th year wedding anniversary. We were together five years before that. So it wasn't a very popular show. Uh, it was, okay. it was based on fishing. Uh, she had never really fished before. I grew up fishing. So okay. like her, her, first like fish she wrote in on the show was 120 pound selfish we, this was based in costa rica we spent six weeks in costa rica uh fishing on the east and west coast of costa rica so the very first fish she rose in is 120 pound selfish so i'm i'm kind of screwed from now on like taking her bass fishing like it just does not does not right you know, does not correlate so but we met uh through that show the show wasn't very popular but it did air on the outdoor channel okay uh we got to know each other very well and you know <laughs> when we got and we ended up actually being teammates on the show and uh roommates on the show and then when we got back um we decided we couldn't live without one another oh my so gosh she, i was living in birmingham at the time she uh, -huh. uh was finished her she was in living in south carolina going to school there uh -huh. Uh, she was on a scholarship 
okay. and she kind of uh, left all that behind, moved to Birmingham, <laughs> lit, moved in with me, finished school at UAB, and then wow. um, the company I was working for, we had an option to uh, to move down to Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved down to Florida. We always wanted to live where other people vacation. Yes, and uh, um, a few years after that. We got engaged. Year after that, we got married, and then uh, a year plus, we started having kids, and here we are. But my so that's that's probably the most interesting of it, Bobby. But probably the most important thing about uh, our story is in May of 2020, I was running a sales team for um, a company that was it was a software company, and they they provided solutions for remote workers. Right. Yeah. And so you think May 2020, where we were, yeah. COVID was really starting to take off. And you're like, well, this company is sitting in the hot seat because what they provide is remote solutions. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking, hey, there's we're we're about to just go bonkers. Right. It's a publicly traded company in, in real big, real big outfit. And they took the opportunity to, to lay people off. And I was mm. one of those folks. Oh, gosh. And so not only did I get laid off and what the weird thing is, you know, with running the sales team, you're going to have a sales quota. And we surpassed our sales quota uh, four out of the last six months. Other teams, I can't say that they did that, but we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, unfortunately, although I was their leader, I got laid off. None mm-hmm. of the other teams experiencing laid off, layoffs. But company-wide, there was 10% of the entire company got laid off. Ended up being you know close to several hundred people. That wow. was laid off, and and so I was one of them. And um, uh, at the time, it was a shock. You know, I wasn't expecting it. I was making mm-hmm. good money, easy money, and um, uh, was not expecting it. Our kids at the time were five, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. And so I don't envy the position my boss was put in to make that phone call and say, yeah. "Hey, here's what's going on. You know, we gotta let you go." And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there was a month or two severance package, I guess is what it was. Yeah. But <clears throat> I sat there for a minute, you know, not expecting it. Cold sweat breaks over. Crap. What are we going to do? You know, you know, the instant fear thing is I'm about to have to go file bankruptcy. And, and you yeah. know, and I go to my wife, what's going on? And, and she, she surpasses all that. She goes, great. Now we can go travel like we we've been wanting to do. You know, that's her initial thought. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the severity of the situation, you know, and, and, and so I couldn't get past the mental roadblock of there went my salary. Um, and her and our wisdom, she's like, well, we have our rental portfolio. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I think that's where the streams of income comes into play because yeah. it got announced that I was let go and it got announced that, you know, then some other of my team members started calling me and said, Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I was like, uh, I'm not going to go back to the W2 world. I'm not going to do it. Mm. And, and they're like, how can you do that? And, and some of them knew that we did some investing or whatnot. And I said, look, I said, we, we actually, you know, we've, we've been buying rental properties for the last six years leading up to that event. Mm. And, and while we didn't use any of that money to live off of, we were just reinvesting it, buying other properties with it it had built up to quite a big number that I really wasn't paying attention to, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't see any of that money. Yeah. And so, um, so that's what we did. It took me about a year to warm up to the idea of traveling and, yeah. and cause I'm a homebody. 
but that's what we've done for the last three summers is we, <laughs> um, we, we actually converted our house the one I'm sitting in right now to a B and B and, uh, we ran it out while we're gone. And for the right. last three, three summers, we're here for about six months and then we were gone for about six months. So, okay. you know, we're in Gulf breeze, Florida. We're about 15 minutes from the beach. Um, and so it does very well in the touristy season. So yes. spring break, summer break does really well. And then for, for the rest of the time we're in it, except for, you know, around the holidays, we'll go and travel with family or, or go travel to see family. And when we do that, we'll open it up and yeah. if it gets booked. Great. If not, no harm, no foul, but it typically gets booked. So it does, it does really, really well. That's awesome. Uh, and we couldn't have done any of that if we had not started building, you know, those multiple streams of income. Yes. And now that I don't have a job and I don't have to focus on it, you know, I've been able to focus on creating other businesses and creating other stuff mm. that are just revenue generating. So it's just, it's been an incredible, <laughs> you know, that first few minutes of getting that phone call and hanging out with my boss to, to you know, immediately going, Oh God, I got to go file bankrupt, which we had no debt. You know, we, we were, at the time we had adopted the Dave Ramsey principles and we, you know, which yep. I know Mark hates. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so Mark and I have a good laugh about that. Like we kind of poke and prod at uh-huh. Dave on social media to get him to sure. respond to one of us. But yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we didn't have any debt and we just, we had to make some minor adjustments uh, in the way we were spending money. And here we are lifestyle by design, right? So, Oh my gosh. And I bet your coworkers who got that same phone call that day are not probably had a whole lot longer that they were a little bit concerned. <laughs> they, uh, I, I got a phone call from every one of their future bosses asking if I would recommend them to work. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, they, they were a great employee. And so I kind of went public about, Hey, I got laid off. And you know, when you're part of a part of a public company, they have to show like managers at your current level who got laid off and who's staying, you know, and I saw the guys who were staying and I'm like, these are the same, same guys who are in sales meetings who are getting beat up constantly that didn't hit their quota. Yeah. They're staying and I'm getting the boot, man. You know, so I've made this kind of like public thing. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the W2 world. Yeah. You know, the heck with all that. And then one of these, um, uh, HR representatives called at because I'd been put down as a reference and and then and as we're talking she goes you were laid off with them I was like yes yes I was and she goes well do you want a job I was like no nah, I'm not I'm not gonna go back to the W two world and she and as soon as I say that she goes oh you're that guy you're that guy that that has kind of went public about all this stuff and I was like yep Can I, <laughs> did I burn some bridges there she goes ah. Might get might be hard to get you uh get you hired today, but it it was it was you know <laughs> I wanted to do that I I yeah. had, uh, uh I wanted to paint myself on the corner because one of the, one of the things I've just realized as an entrepreneur is you know when you don't have that security blanket uh, or that safety net you can you you just don't know how creative you can be mm. at, at making things happen you know and and. Um, Mark is an example of that. Mark is a guy who every time I talk to him, I learn something new about how to use money and how to build wealth. Yes. You know, I love his office hours that he has every month that, I, and I should be more attentive to him, but I'm not, I'm sorry, Mark. Um, but every time I go, I, I learn something, mm. you know, and I, something it's kind of like, you know, when you grow up in school, they don't teach you hardly any 
real life skills. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, but when you become an entrepreneur, you really get, you really get pushed to, to, to the test and you, you learn how creative you can be. Yes. When you guys, um, when you got that phone call, was your rental income, what, where was it? Don't give me numbers, but like, as far as percentage, yeah. what you were making at your job oh. that went away, how much was the rental income in comparison to that? It was about 30%. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, so you had to get real creative. Got real creative. Yeah, we like, hey, we got to cut out all the Amazon spending. Yeah. You know, the whole joke: the UPS driver knocked on our door one day, and said, "Hey, are y'all okay?" Because he hadn't delivered a box in a couple couple of days. I'm like, "Yeah, man, we're fine." You know, it's it's fine. Yeah. But no, we we just had to get creative and and you know, talking with guys like Mark and people who are in our community that've been there before. You just you just mm-hmm. learn that, uh, you know, debt is actually a good thing. Mm. Uh, sorry, Dave Ramsey. Actually, not sorry. He's teaching a lot of people the wrong stuff. But right. y- you know, debt can actually help you, and that's sure. um, you know. And here's the thing: we we've never had more debt <laughs> on us than we do right now. But we've never had a higher net worth than we do right now. Yeah, you know. So it, and yeah. without, and which is funny because the W two went away. You know, the uh, six figure income went away. Mm-hmm. But and I and I I. You know, I'm a firm believer in if you what what's the saying? If it gets track, it, it gets improved. Mm-hmm. So we've always, I say we always. When we first started investing, we do a quarterly track of our net worth growth, mm-hmm. and there is a bit of a spike, and it's been on a run ever since I got laid off from the W two. It, it's wow. kind of incredible. It's it's very interesting to look at and see. Like you would think it was different, like it would yeah. be a different thing. So yeah, um, but. Well, the Dave Ramsey thing, I feel like um, there's a lot of people he's changed their life for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Like you guys included. But I had one person tell me um, one time, and I thought this was wise, um, just her take on his teachings is that he's for the person who has a fixed income. Like if you're going to be on a W-2 for the rest of your life or you have a fixed yeah. income, there's no you're not an entrepreneur. You're not in business. He's amazing. He'll help you get out of debt, be able to earn some extra or gain some of that that. um get some gap in there so that you then can invest and all that. But like if yeah. you're an entrepreneur like us or a business owners where we'd rather figure out ways to make money than cut expenses. Yeah. Um, he's just not the right guy. It's not the right person we should be talking to. So um, yeah, I, I would give him a little bit more slack if he treated his uh, user base or his callers or his listeners with a little bit more respect. Mm. Yeah. You know, like when they call in and he goes, you know, he, he calls them idiots or buffoons or what are you stupid? Why would you do that? I'm like, why do these people keep calling in? Right. These eight actors that keep Ouch. calling in and getting verbally abused. Right. Like, what, what's the problem here? Like, I, right. I don't, you know, I don't know. There's this, if he didn't do that kind of antics, I, I think I would give him a little bit more slack. Yeah. You're, you're right. I think he does help certain people out mm-hmm. i'm not them, I'm, you know i'm not one of them um and and you know i don't know i just just <laughs> is that the, what's the golden rule treat people like you want to be treated right, is, that, is exactly. that what he's doing i don't think so <laughs> doesn't sound like it does it oh my gosh um talking about real estate when you when you got that phone call how many units did you have then um i don't remember um we we so we've done quite a few transactions where it's just my wife and I, 
mm-hmm. you know, where we on and, and we're down to six doors there. Um, I, I used to, you know, hear people on the podcast or all different podcasts and say, Oh, we got 10,000 doors or we got a million dollar million doors or whatever mm-hmm. the big number is. And that inspired me for a while until I realized they're not really giving you the right number. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you, we became limited partners in some deals, you know, and, and where we would invest 25, 50,000 into deals that would, you know, uh, where the, where the general partners had to raise 25 million, you know, mm-hmm. We're like less than 1% and I'm out here taunting, Hey, I've got, you know, 500 doors in my portfolio. It's not really, that's not really the thing. So I, I kind of lost count on, uh, where we were on that because we were doing some limited partner stuff. Um, and, and I don't really remember what, what that number was. Um, but you know, I, 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 I find the door question um, funny now. I also like when, when folks brag about how much assets under management they have. Mm-hmm. It's not a number that impresses me. It, all, it normally just scares me away because yeah. uh, what they should be bragging about is the returns they're providing their investors. Because mm. I don't care about how many... Usually when people have that many assets under management, they're, they're typically, um, uh, they're, they're not too terribly focused on the returns that I should be getting. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to sound selfish there, but it is my money that they're using, you know, so I, I kind of stay away from those two numbers, but, um, you know, our, our portfolio right now, we have six units between my wife and I, we've got, uh, we're a joint venture and a, a 16 unit apartment complex mm-hmm. where we have, I think it's 30% of the ownership there. And then um, we're, we're still limited partners in several deals that have hundreds of units in them. And then we've transitioned to doing hard money and private money loans. Nice. Um, as, as we do that. And, and some of that is through our bank on yourself policy you okay. know, through Mark. So, okay, I want to get yeah. to that in a second. I want to hear about how that all works. Because I know Mark talks about using, and I, I can imagine how that might work. You just pulling, you're pulling a loan out of your policy and putting it to yeah. work over here, and you've got double dip. You got your money coming in from the policy at the same time, and you're earning dividends on the policy, plus you're earning an interest, earning a, a return on, on that the money that you invested. That's a while. Awesome. Tell me about limited partnerships. I think I know what it is. I think it's um, it's actually something I'm doing right now with a friend who put a fund together. It's invested in multiple um, different uh, properties, uh, properties like most early apartment buildings. Some yep. are being developed, um, and then they're exiting, and we're getting you know the cash at the end. Um, okay. But what does limited partnership look like? Because we've had a lot of real estate and I apologize because um, a guy named Stephen Hibbert, who's usually on these calls with me, he's from Florida and Tampa in the St. Petersburg area. He's he's a real estate guy. He would have okay. a ton of like deep questions to ask you. So my <laughs> questions are going to be a bit more higher level surface level stuff. I, sure. I know something about real estate. I've had a lot of property in Indiana before 08. When I moved here in 08, I kind of had to let those go. Um Probably could have done some different things, but that was a long time ago. Um, so I have a limited knowledge compared to Stephen about real estate. So my questions might okay. be more like surface level things. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so in a in a multifamily uh, syndication, so think of apartment buildings. It could be a fund that's put together to go and buy multiple apartment buildings or uh, do some development, whatnot. You have two types of partners generally. Uh, you have general partners, and those are the guys who put the deal together. They're going to actively go out and not only raise money, but they're going mm-hmm. to manage the property as it's being held. And, and, yep. and that includes, you know, putting property managers in place, putting systems in place and making sure that the limited partners uh, get paid. You know, mm-hmm. they get paid their, their preferred yep. uh, return or whatnot. And then the limited partners are the money people, okay. right? They basically say, hey, like, Ryan, if you were a general partner in a deal and you and I knew each other well enough and I wanted to invest in your deal, I believed in you and I believed in the deal. I said, Ryan, here's my money. Here's 100000 whatever. Mm-hmm. And I give it to you. I'm a limited partner. I have voting rights mm-hmm. uh, as it comes to the general partnership, um, who's operating in the general partnership. But I may not have any... Uh, voting rights on day-to-day operations right yeah okay. and so basically i'm investing in the deal mm-hmm. um but i don't have a whole lot of say so yeah and so right. um and for that i will get a preferred return mm-hmm. um and basically think of it like as a uh, solid silent partner yeah right? that makes but sense. if things go sour enough the, it, it, as long as the operating agreement is structured in the way i would prefer to say Mm-hmm. would basically say uh, limited partners have the right to remove the general partners if mm-hmm. the general partners are not performing, okay. which basically means the assets not performing. Yeah. Right. But, okay. but your limited partners are your money guys. Yeah. Okay. And then those can be in any type of situation. Like the one I'm in is um, it's not like a, a monthly cash flow from the rent. It was like, we were helping Correct. get the poly- getting the property built, I believe. Yep. And he gives us reports on this property where there's one in Columbus, Ohio. It's like, it's now 50% rented and you know, nice. there's, yeah. there's pictures in, in there. And then at some point they'll probably sell off their part of it, their share of it, and then we'll get paid back. Okay. But yeah. So the, the distribution, what you're talking about there is distributions, right? And so every, every syndication, whether it's a general partner or a limited partner, the distributions can be different. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're almost like snowflakes on how they're going to get okay. paid out. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, okay. they're all, there's some similarities to it. You know, is it a monthly distribution? Is it a quarterly distribution? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, some of them, like you said, they, they may not uh, have any distributions at all until the sell of the property. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to make up for, for things they should have been paying out for uh, up until that point. Yeah. Very cool. I know you, you want to talk to busy parents. So like, who is your, who's yeah. that person? What are they, what are they struggling with and how do you help them? And like, what's that person that's a, uh, you know, that's the best fit for your program. And I want to also, also unpack what you guys do and how, how you help people. Yeah. So, you know, I think back when we, when we first started investing, we had one kid, uh-huh. um, you know, my son asked me the other day, he's eight or he just turned nine. He asked me, he goes, Dad, when did you decide you wanted to be a real estate investor? And I was like, well, actually, uh, we had we had found out that we were pregnant with you, for, and we had been found out about four weeks into that. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, hey, 
you know, the company I was working at at the time, I thought I was going to get laid off there too, but, um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, it was, it was an acquisition and the acquisition was not going well at all. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the acquirers were looking at the people they acquired and said, it's y'all's fault, you know, like, but it's not, y'all came and made some changes like, it, right. you know, but, uh, so, I, you know, I had the fear of, Hey, you know, kids about to come, uh, my wife was stay at home. Uh, or planning to be stay at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, what have I got to do? I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. What I got to do. And so it just kind of led down that path of rich dad, poor dad, and then real yeah. estate. And, and, and so, um, I think back to those times and, and we, we got our first property. We closed on it when he was three weeks old, okay. his very first closing. Right. Yep. And so, um, so, I think back to that time and and now I look at, all right, we've now got a couple of kids. We've got a pretty, you know, fairly good sized portfolio. Mm -hmm. I want to help other people who don't want to help. And I started going through and I started thinking about uh, folks we've helped before people who are part of the mastermind. And I was like, okay, most everybody in the mastermind is busy parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're focused on, you know, they had this one or two deals. They were done. But after they did that, they didn't, they're like, oh, I got bit by the real estate bug, but I don't know what to do next. Yeah. You know, I've closed a couple of deals. Um, I want to go bigger. I don't necessarily know how I don't, I want to have a partner. I want to do some partnerships. I don't necessarily know how, um, I need extra funds, but I don't necessarily know where to get them because when I talk to my close friends and family, mm-hmm. they all think we're crazy. You right. know, they're not interested in real estate investing. And so that's kind of who you don't know, want to talk to. And, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that I love doing it, cause I'll do a lot of one-on-one calls with folks who are, okay. who are struggling with, with deal flow or raising money and, and what that, I said, all right, let's, let's do this exercise. And I, I stole this from how Elrod. Okay. And I said, get out your phone, go, just go grab your phone. And I said, let's go to your most recent phone calls, right? Received or, or made. I don't care. Let's just look at your, your top 20 most recent phone calls. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I said, let's look at that. Let's get a sheet of paper. And on the top, you're going to make two columns. On the left-hand side, it's going to be growth friends. On the right-hand side, we're going to call it maintenance relationships. Okay. Yeah. Probably see where I'm going with this. But on the growth friends column, we're going to go down through who you called or who you talked to. And if you talked about real estate investing, building a better future, financial future for your family, growing your wealth, on that phone call, you're going to make put that person in growth friends. Yep. Everybody else, I don't care if it's your mom, your sister, I don't care who it is. If if you didn't talk about anything dealing with real estate investing, financial freedom, financial wealth, mm-hmm. better you know financial stability for your family, they're going to go into the maintenance relationships column. Mm. Okay, so let's do. That. Let's just take five minutes and do that. Yeah. And they they'll sit there and sketch out, and I said, okay, I'm going to bet you a dollar. <laughs> that you're heavy on the maintenance relationships and they'll show me their piece of paper yeah. and they may have one or two people on the growth friends. And I was mm-hmm. like, do you see the problem? Most mm-hmm. people see the problem. Yeah. And I was like, so there's, there's a way you can do this. You can, you can stop, start changing who you're talking to. Right. And it's going to dramatically change where you, where you are in a year. Mm-hmm. And for those people who they just struggle, like, well, I don't know who to talk to. I'm like, well, you know what? I got a community of people just like you. They're busy parents. 
They got bit by the real estate investing bug. They want to double their portfolio. They have, yeah. you know, these huge financial goals. And it costs 50 bucks a month to, to join. You want to come be a part of it? Just see what it is? <laughs> yeah, maybe. What? Maybe. Why the maybe? <laughs> like you just say. Like, and so a lot of times they, uh, they'll come, they'll circle back, you know, and yeah. they'll, they'll figure it out. But yeah. And it's really, the community really is for people who are, you know, they've tapped out all the podcasts, they've, they've tapped out all the bigger pockets forums and, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook groups and stuff like that. And they just want a little more yeah. and have the flexibility and not having to go somewhere, right? Because we're, we're completely virtual. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. So it's a, it's a family. They've already got one or two deals. Are they mostly single family homes that they come in with? So there, there is, there seems to be a natural progression, right? They, yeah. they start with a single family home uh-huh. and they do a couple of those and they're like, all right, now I want to do, you know, a, a, a small multifamily. So two to four units. Uh-huh. And after they do a couple of those, they're like, all right, now I want to go bigger. I want to go do an apartment syndication, you know, and that's been the natural progression. And then once they do those a couple of times, then they're like, all right, I want to get completely passive. Like I want to just be a limited partner in a deal yeah. or I want to be a hard money lender. Yeah. How do I do that? Right. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's, you get from very active to very passive. Sure. You know, usually within a three to five year window. Yeah. Kind of what that looks like. Is there a certain amount that, um, like, I think I can just tell you the number on, on the deal that I'm a part of with my buddy who does, I guess he would be the general partner or he man, he's, he's the one managing the fund that, yeah. and then he's the one identifying properties to invest in. And I think we're already invested in all the ones we're going to invest in. Um, I think my investment was like 20 grand or something to be a part of that. Yeah. And I've already gotten back. I think all of that and we're expecting more. I mean, Quite frankly, I don't even know how much more to expect. He could probably tell you, uh, but that's that's. You're the I'm ideal so, partner, by the way. I'm so silent that I don't even know what's going on. I know I've gotten my money back, and uh, I know I'm going to get a nice return from it. Um, so, like, You're do you feel like? Partner. <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, like, if I feel like if I joined your group, I don't want to. I don't really want a single family home. So, my story, real fast. I in Indiana, we did real estate. Before I moved here, we were in a college town. And so we did start with a single family home. We bought several more, me and my brother and a buddy. And then actually ended up buying a house that I ended up moving into that had two extra units. So me and my brothers, we didn't have to pay any rent. We didn't have to pay them. Our mortgage was covered by the two other units. And then we ended up buying an apartment building. Um, And then when my brother, when I moved here to Indiana, it was like up to completely to my brother and my friend. My friend backed out because he didn't want to do it anymore. And then it was just too hard on my brother to try to do all of it himself. And I was remote. So essentially we had to sell it all off. Um, plus the 08 crash didn't help. Um, yeah. So I think <laughs> I if I ended up joining your group though, I'd be, it'd be some for me, it would be like, I just want to jump straight to the LP level is, I guess the question yeah. is, is there a certain amount of money? Like I only needed $20,000 to get into that one. Um, gotcha. Is there a certain <clears throat> level for people, like the people listening to this, I know there's some that have real estate and there's some that also have money that are like, I know about real estate enough that I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want to be fixing toilets at 3 a.m. Can I just come right. into your group, Jay? And then just, do you show me how to be an LP and here's my 10 grand or is there a certain level of income they have to, certain investment yeah. to get into those deals? That's a great question. So um, most most of who comes into the group, they're active, actively looking for deals or actively looking for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, 
what you're describing is somebody who wants to be more passive. Yep. <clears throat> and so we don't have a lot. Matter of fact, we turn a lot of, you know, quote unquote, passive investors away, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to our detriment, but it does, you know, it's, you know, you come into the group, you're an active investor, you're going to be surrounded by active investors, yeah. right? Yeah. But that natural progression that happens, you know, eventually people get to that point where they just want to be a hard money lender or private money lender or whatnot, mm-hmm. or they may be, you know, a key sponsor on the deal. So say, Ron, you, you've never bought like a, a, a 20 unit apartment complex and you want to go buy one, you want to get, you know, Fannie or Freddie financing for it. Well, there's some stipulations like you've got to have somebody who's done a Fannie and Freddie loan before and kind of got yep. that card punched. And so there could be, you know, opportunity to work with one of those guys. And so the folks who are, who have been in the group for a while, mm-hmm. uh, they've, they've graduated on to where they're now like key sponsors of deals and, and, um, they're, they're being somewhat passive yeah, uh, and whatnot. So, um, uh, we don't have a lot of people who come in the group to, um, instantly go passive. Okay. Because one of, and one of the things that's different from our group than uh, the other ones is that uh, we don't we don't require like if you run into a deal we don't require that you bring it to the group first to get funding like there's a lot of groups out there like that wow. and if 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 you just search um, apartment foreclosures uh-huh. there's there's a consistent group members who are part of the, some of the more recent, like larger foreclosures. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. going to stop right there, it's, but we don't, we don't require that. So, but what does happen kind of organically is, is people are in the community, they're on the calls and they get to know one another. Some of these folks are uh, like a lot of the ladies, they even said, Hey, we're, we're we want to have our own thing, you know? So now they've got ladies night. They've actually, uh, coordinated one trip to Florida where all the ladies went down and just hung out for the weekend. That's you know? awesome. But they, they get to, they get to know one another. And yeah. then as deals come up, like yeah. uh, Fridays, we have underwriting, um, an underwriting call where anybody with a deal wants to bring it to practice their pitch or get some feedback on what they're looking at. We will do that. Um, so, but it's, it's not necessarily a requirement to invest in a deal, but mm-hmm. typically those, relationships are built and it just happens organically yeah you know so it, um i don't think i answered your question specifically but there's not an amount of money okay that is required to, to come in because we don't really do that's not really our model sure. but is there two different things i was looking at your website you have a, a base community that's 50 bucks a month but then you also have a higher level mastermind correct yeah okay. the higher level mastermind um comes with a little bit more uh, engagement where sure. the pro community, we have a one call a week. We're actually, we're a little early on the advertising on that. We're still kind of tweaking what, what that's going to be. And it's going to launch in, in January. It's going to relaunch in January. I should say we, we it was cool. a failed launch a couple of years ago, but yeah. it's going to relaunch in January. Uh, but the mastermind is a higher ticket ticket item and we have over 20 virtual calls every month nice. and it's very niche specific. Um, uh, for multifamily guys or fix and flip, you know, yeah. or just single family buying home. We have very, very specific. And the folks who lead those calls, uh, uh, that is their niche, right? So the awesome. multifamily guy, it's all he does is multifamily. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Wow. Um, 
what other advice would you give somebody who's like, let's say the people who are not quite ready for your group that don't, don't have anything under their belt yet. They're, they're wanting yeah. to do this. Um, what, did, what resources or advice would you give them about just getting that first deal done and what to look for or anything? I know you could probably talk for hours on that one question, but. <laughs> yeah. And there, you know, there's so much stuff out there for people who are wanting to get the first deal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there is something to be said about that. that and and I, well, I'll say our group is not for them because we want everybody to have at least one deal done before they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will offer is I, uh, a copy of my book. So make awesome. an offer. It's, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, they're struggling with analysis paralysis. Uh-huh. And, um, I was like, well, we, I don't know. We kind of walked through that, but you know, I, I have gotten to the point where now I just offer that book up for free. Anybody who wants a nice. copy, you can be a newbie, you know, or aspiring investor or an mm-hmm. experienced investor. Everybody deals with analysis paralysis. And so I'll give you the link at the end. Yeah. I don't remember it off the top of my okay. head. No problem. Now, I'll put it in the show uh, notes for everybody. <laughs> okay. I think it's, I think it's make an offer and you can go there and request your free copy. Uh, I think that's what it is. I could have easily just put that in there while we were talking. I'll look uh, at it while you're talking right now. Please be right. Please be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like that says a CW2 capitalist. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So make an offer guys. Awesome. Do you feel like most people get started at the single family home level? Cause that's like one of the easiest lowest hanging fruit opportunities. That's the way we started. Yeah. Um, I actually, I heard, I can't remember. I wish I could remember and give credit to whoever initially said this, but you know, if you think about, um, you know, grades in school, you have your, your freshman, sophomore, juniors, seniors, and then you have your graduate, right? So if you look at, real estate investing niches. Uh, typically your freshmen are going to be your wholesalers. They don't have any money, right? But they're hustlers and they're going to, mm-hmm. we tried to start out as wholesalers and quickly realized that it's not part of my wife or my personality. And mm-hmm. we just kind of skipped past it. We, we figured out how to go get a HELOC and that's how we basically bought our first property. Yeah. Um, and so I look at, uh, or the saying is wholesalers are freshmen. Um, fix and flippers are sophomores. Okay. Right. Juniors are single family folks. And then, uh, seniors are, uh, apartment investors. Okay. Right. And then your, and then your graduate students are the guys who develop mm-hmm. because they, there's a lot more risk. There's a lot more things involved sure. because you're, you're building a property that's not going to cash flow until it's done and then yeah. it's leased up. Right. Yeah. And so there's, um, so, you know, in a broad sense, <clears throat> most, a lot of folks get started with wholesaling or at least the okay. idea of wholesaling, mm-hmm. but then there's a natural progression to go to fix and flipping. Some people skip fix and flipping. We have never still to this day have not fixed and flipped a house. We've done a couple of living flips. Mm-hmm. Gets tremendously more difficult when you have kids. <laughs> yeah, I can but, um, but we, we did the single family and then, you know, small multifamily and then apartments and then, Moving on after that to, to lending. I didn't put lending in there. Lending should be in there somewhere. <clears throat> That'd be a graduate or senior level. That might be close to the end of the senior senior okay. uh, year. Yeah. yeah. But I guess that's something that you could do right away. If you have some money to invest and you want it to yeah. be completely passive, you could just jump straight to that. 
you can, there's, there's, you know, there's a, uh, you just need to be cautious, like who you're working with, like sure. the guy you're talking about. Sounds like you've known him for a while, you know, you know him. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said earlier in the example, you know, so Ryan, I, if I, I know you, I trust you and I trust the deal. Yeah. Typically it's, it's, you want to trust the person more than the actual deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and because, because if I trust you enough, you and you and I know each other well enough, you know my investment criteria, you know what I'm willing to put up with, you're not going to bring me some crappy deal anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Or, or right. one that I'm not going to be happy to invest in. Yeah. So that's why I, I really feel like you got to know the person. And, you know, you can, anybody can Google and see. There's some class action lawsuits right now out there with folks who, mm-hmm. you know, I look at it and I think, well, well, you know, thanks, buddy. Now you're giving the rest of us a bad rap. But then I also look at it like, well, for those people who invested with him, mm-hmm. how well did they know him? You know, how well did they do their due diligence? How well were they, you know, checking up? Hey, you know, how's the investment going? I haven't seen a distribution lately or whatever the case is. And, you know, so I, I don't know. There, there's just You just got to be careful on what you're doing. And I think you did it right. Ryan, one of the things I've done when I've invested with other people, even though I know them well enough, right? I will start out with most investment uh, opportunities come with a minimum investment, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll invest the minimum. Let's see how you do on this one. Sure. All right. Give me that money. Give me the returns that we're expecting. There comes the next deal. Okay, I'm going to give a little bit more, you know, and then so along with that relationship, uh, the trust that's built with that relationship yes. comes more funds. That's good. Yes, that makes sense. All right. What advice would you give folks that are just starting out or even that they, you know, they've got a couple of deals under their belt. Anything, some things you've learned in business that's helped you any motivational words? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the biggest thing, and uh, I've always been a, um, until recently, it, it's always been, Hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by myself. Um, mm when I was talking earlier about, you know, we got laid off from my W2 and, but then we saw our net worth just, you know, skyrocket or kind of go on a inverted hockey stick uh, or not inverted, inverted would go down, inverted hockey stick that makes it go up. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, it, will, it was basically, I look at that and I was like, okay, what changed, you know, other than what was I doing? And quite frankly, it's, I'm, it's who I'm talking to. Mm, that's good. Um, you know, I, you and I were joking. You, you know, you wanted to push this meeting back 15 minutes, and we got on here. Like, I'm glad you did because it gave me time to eat lunch. You know, yeah. Because since I got on the phone at eight o'clock this morning, I've had about a, a five minute break oh between gosh. between now and and then. Well, I not I had about 15 minutes to to make something to eat and eat it, and other than that, I had about five minutes all morning long. The rest of the calls, the rest of the time was uh, talking to other investors, mm. you know, and, yeah. and, and I've, I've drifted away from doing that uh, because we got busy with some other stuff, we got busy with traveling, we got, you know, busy trying to figure out the whole nomadic lifestyle. Mm. But if I go back to right after I got laid off, what changed was I had eight hours of the day back. Right. I was no longer going to work. And yeah. so what I was doing is I started calling folks and just having conversations with them. Hey, what's, you know, what's going on? What's, what's happening in your world? Mm. And, and it, and it really, you know, to give 
however our credit is that growth friends. Yes. Uh, if, if you're, if you're not, um, if you go through that exercise and you see that you're heavy on maintenance relationships in order to grow, in order to get started or even, you know, hit those financial goals, you got to start changing the conversations you're having and probably changing who you're having them with. Mm. And that's, that's, that's the key. That's good. Yeah. If I would do an audit of mine, like I hardly am ever on my phone. I hardly ever talk on the phone, but I do lots of zoom calls and it's 90. Yeah. 5% growth friends and people that are in good conversations. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have maintenance zoom calls usually. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an interesting strategy. Maybe, uh, that's one way to go about it. Don't, don't do any more phone calls, do zoom right. calls only. Uh, the, the, the growth, the too, maintenance friends aren't on zoom. They're not doing zoom calls. <laughs> the other thing too, is if, if you don't do a lot of phone calls, go to your text messages. That's true. You know, and yep. see see what kind of stuff you're texting out, and it, it it's going to look a lot different. I'm just going to look at look at mine. Um, <laughs> top top ones. Okay, so remember the mastermind uh-huh. uh, general contractor is working on some stuff. Investor, my son, realtor, uh, mom and brother on the group chat. Uh, investor, 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 uh, lifelong friend. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that sounds like that a good was, ratio but, to me. Yeah, <clears throat> so it's it, it it it'll dramatically if you want to change where you are a year from now, you got to start, you know, having different conversations. That's and right. It's probably going to lead to different people. That's right. And if you struggle with those different people, there are loads of communities out there that are going to help help you do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm biased to one of them. Yeah, right? of course, but, yours. But, uh, yeah. Um, and one thing I love about our community is when we get on these calls, uh, most of us are parents and, and we all at times just need to vent about our kids, mm-hmm. you know, and if our, if our spouses are not within the earshot, <laughs> <laughs> because man, life just gets hard. I, you know, it, it just does. Uh, and kids, while they're lovely and amazing and, and, uh, you know, you can't wait so they have their own kids one day and, and so you can pull the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very trying. Yeah. Um, I understand. At times. <laughs> yeah. I have a six year old, so I, I get it. Um, but that's boy awesome. or girl. Yeah. He's a boy. He's, his name's Cal. Okay. So, okay. and, uh, this yep. air episode will probably air this Friday and he actually does the intro to my podcast. And so if you, okay. if you listen to uh, you probably don't go back and listen to podcast you're on because you know what you said anyway but like uh, he does the intro and he says um welcome to streams of income uh today we played legos my daddy helps other daddies stay home and play legos and here's my daddy ryan reed now he did it a couple years ago so and that's when it's harder to understand him so we should probably redo (laughs) that one i like that though i i was thinking about revamp revamp uh I recorded the new season of the, uh, the WG Capitalist podcast and, and uh, um, I, I might need to get my son involved to do an Absolutely. intro. That's because I've been struggling with that, yeah. which by the way, that's how Mark and I met. He okay. had hired somebody to, um, uh, to reach out to podcast hosts and yep. uh, see if they could come on. And he came on Oh, nice! and uh, he was on there and he was talking about the bank on yourself piece. Okay. And, I had heard about whole life insurance before uh-huh. and, and had a few guys on the podcast before, 
Yeah. But Mark is the one guy that made the light bulb go off, yes. and I committed on on air, quote unquote, um, that I was going to do something with him, and that was uh, almost four years ago, and it has dramatically changed the trajectory of the legacy so that, cool we, that I'll be able to live. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I love it. My wife and I have several policies now. Um, yeah, it's all because of Mark. Yeah. Well, Jay, thank yeah, you so he's... much, man. I um, I when you if when you relaunch your group, you said January is when your your community is going to relaunch ish. Yes. You're yeah, welcome back. If there's out. any way, I mean, I know there's all kinds of stuff okay. that we could talk about. Um, your assistant who gave me like a list of topics to talk about, we didn't even hit half of them. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to come back and we can promote your community when it relaunches. Love it. You just let me know anytime. So appreciate okay. you being on with me. You bet. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.